Welcome back, everyone. This is The Changelog, where a member-supported blog, podcast, and weekly email covering what's fresh and what's new in open source. Check out the blog at thechangelog.com, our past shows at 5x5.tv slash changelog. And you're listening to episode 121. We're joined today by Lars Bach and Seth Ladd, just two of the awesome team members behind Dart, a new language and platform started by Google for scalable web app engineering. Today's show is sponsored by our partner DigitalOcean, FreshBooks, and New Relic. We'll tell you a bit more about FreshBooks and New Relic later in the show, but DigitalOcean, we owe our uptime to DigitalOcean. We're hosted on DigitalOcean. We are a partner with DigitalOcean. We think that you should use DigitalOcean. I mean, it, that's, that's, that, that should be the, the spot right there, right? But it, it goes on. Uh, it's super easy to use DigitalOcean. Literally, in 55 seconds, you got a server, full root access, SSH keys on the machine, your choice of OS at your fingertips. It just doesn't get any easier than that. It's affordable. Pricing plans start at 5 bucks a month. You get half a gig of RAM, 20 gigs of SSD drive space, one CPU, one terabyte of transfer, and it's blazing fast, SSDs, and it's super easy to use. Use the promo code changelog may that's right changelog may to get a ten dollar credit when you sign up head to digitalocean.com to get started and now on to the show welcome back everybody we are joined today by lars bach and seth ladd uh, lars is the co a co-founder of dart and v8 and seth is a developer advocate for dart we're here today to talk about dart and uh, what it is and uh, all those good things. So, Lars, why don't you give us an introduction to, to who you are and where you come from? I don't want to spend too much time, but uh, the sad story is I've been doing virtual machines for object-oriented languages since 88. So, there's been a few. And you probably can remember some of them, like uh, Hotspot. I was a tech lead on Hotspot. Uh, I've done Strong Talk. Um, what else? V8 is one. And uh, so... Lots of different virtual machines, and and my game is making the the, the languages run fast. And lately, uh, last three years, I've been focusing on the new programming language Dart, and it's basically sort of irritness uh, from the experience of implementing JavaScript. So we can talk about that later. Yeah, for sure. So I, I forgot to mention when I introduced you that you both are at Google. So I just wanted to make sure we make that clear. That is true. Okay. All right, and Seth, why don't you give us an introduction about who you are and where you come from? Sure. So I'm a developer advocate with the Google developer team. And for the past couple of years, I've been focused on Dart and helping external and internal developers get online with our tools, our language, our libraries, and help get the community excited and participating in this new project. Awesome. So can can one of you give me an introduction to what Dart is? I think that, you know, a lot a lot of people have heard about it because it's not exactly, you know, brand new. Um, but 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 maybe there are some people out there that aren't really familiar with it and would like to know what it is. Oh, I can take a step at that. We started the Dart project uh, three years ago and it's a platform. So and it includes a, a new programming language for the web. Uh, but it also has uh, uh, libraries, a uh, consistent set of libraries, and programming tools on top of that. Uh, if you talk about the, the language, it's a, a clean, simple, class-based, object-oriented languages, uh, uh, language. 
And uh, it's more structured than JavaScript. And we want, really want to capture people that are interested in uh, having structure in the programming language so they can easily do refactoring and build last, large uh, web applications. Awesome. So one of the things about Dart, I think that um, I've, I've heard just kind of talking to people and, and, and actually like doing some of my own research is right now it, it seems like, and this is kind of the main, one of the main questions I want to kind of get to, but right now it seems like one of the big goals of Dart is to be able to compile it down to JavaScript, but that doesn't feel like the end goal for Dart. So w- would you say that JavaScript or sorry, that Dart is, is going to be an evolution in, in, uh, you know, writing program uh, programming for the web, or is it going to be an option, you know, a la CoffeeScript or something like that to compile down to JavaScript? Well, first of all, I have to say uh, for us, uh, being compatible with the web is really important. So uh, one of our most important components is the Dart to JS compiler. It translates the Dart source code into JavaScript and ensures that you get the same semantic uh, semantics as if you ran on top of the virtual machine. Of course, we have a virtual machine as well, and uh, we have a special build of Chromium. We call it Dartium. And it has uh, uh, that uh, Dart virtual machine built in. And uh, so we can run raw Dart uh, in that uh, browser. But yeah, uh, the compatibility with the web is super important for us. So so do you think that's something, If I guess the question is, if you had to kind of pick, like, would compatibility with JavaScript be what you would rather, or would you rather every browser have the Dart VM installed? Well, f- um, first of all, it's always great if people take all our code <laughs> and include it in the browser. <laughs> but uh, I think the the point is what we're trying to do is we are we're trying to make sure that um, that if you uh, only have a JavaScript engine in your browser, you'll still run Dart uh, mm-hmm. fine. But there's certainly advantages of with running the Dart VM inside the browser. Uh, two of them is that. It runs faster. And secondly, you have a fantastic startup experience because the application startups super fast. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to draw a distinction, though, between Dart and some of the other languages like CoffeeScript. So CoffeeScript is designed to provide a new syntax on top of JavaScript, but it still retains JavaScript semantics, whereas mm-hmm. Dart is its own language. So yes, compiling to JavaScript is really important for the project and the web, but we're, as Lars was saying, we're, we're able to bring over the semantics from the Dart language and libraries back down to JavaScript, so it's not just a syntactic like coat of paint. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that's something that you know you'll see with like TypeScript and ASM uh, that that are more like you know just you know subsets or supersets of JavaScript. Uh, but, th- but this is a new language. But I, I have a I, I mean m- maybe just in layman's like if you could explain to me the difference because uh, if it compiles down to JavaScript, then it seems like it, it while you know. In the future, I could envision a world where using Dartium or any other browser with the Dart VM uh, has major advantages because you can write Dart and run Dart in the browser. But as long as it's being used to compile down to JavaScript, it, it, I don't really necessarily see the, the huge increases that you can get with the Dart VM. So, Well, well, um, let me just uh, stop you a little bit. It's, uh, you get fast execution. I guess that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But think about the development process when you uh, change the line of code you can be up running right away instead of first translating to, to JavaScript and run in a, 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 a Java engine. If you have the Dart VM inside the browser, right, you can do a debugging at the source level mm-hmm. uh, and you can do very interesting uh, things that are based on the language. 
That's hard to do when you first translate to JavaScript and want to provide the same kind of uh, programming experience. Yeah, so so I guess that's what I'm saying is that it seems like the major the major benefits of Dart, other than just you know the, the language itself being a very clean language, is like when you actually use it in its in the Dart VM itself rather than compiling it to JavaScript. I think one of the huge benefits of Dart is the productivity, which is sort of what Lars is alluding to here. And that as a developer, and I'm being asked to do deliver engaging, wonderful experiences to my users on mobile devices that need to run 60 frames a second, take advantage of all the HTML5 features, and really take advantage of these new mobile devices, I'm being asked to do develop and deliver much more complex applications. And when I have a much more complex world, I need languages, libraries, and tools to help me compensate for that and do things like static analysis, warnings, mm -hmm. refactoring, mm -hmm. all the great stuff that we've had for other platforms for years and years and years. And to get, I'm, I'm basically being asked to do this on the web now today just because my users are asking for this. And so the huge advantage of Dart is I get that productive development experience, yet still get the really fast iteration times of the web. Mm -hmm. so, so one thing I would like to mention about the language, uh, we haven't talked about what's in the language, but one thing I find uh, uh, that's uh, really great is the optional typing. An optional static typing uh, gives you that you can uh, start programming without any types. So when you do experimentation, you can get up, run very fast. But as you write a library and you want to harden it, you put in the types maybe on the, uh, the interface to the library. And you can uh, make sure that if people want to use the library, they can validate that you pass in the right kinds of objects to that interface. And I think that, that allows the programmer to, to trust the library more instead of that if you don't have any types and you call a library and you get an error, you basically have to debug a third-party mm -hmm. code, which is not easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there are some really cool things about Dart, uh, the, the language itself, which we'll, we'll get into in a, in, a, in a little bit. But uh, the w one thing that I think... So okay, so we we've talked a little bit about you know what's the 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 major benefit of Dart uh, in its current form, but what would you say? Where do you see Dart in five years, or in ten years, or in fifteen years? Like where where do you want to see this project headed? Clearly, we want to uh, make sure that a lot of programmers will use it. Um, mm -hmm. Right now, um, it's clear that web applications are becoming larger and larger. And uh, to control these big uh, piles of source code, uh, I believe strongly that you need a better uh, structure in the programming language. And the way we handle libraries in Dart uh, will certainly help you. The projects we have been uh, supporting in Dart, uh, they have all been saying that as soon as they uh, uh, get used to the new language, which doesn't take very long. Uh, they really, really like uh, the, the typing and the tools so they can, you can do refactoring. That really counts when you build big applications and you have to maintain them over time. Yeah. One of the, the and this is kind of an aside here, when, the fact that Dart doesn't hoist variables, I think, makes it uh, a lot easier to read, like, you know, top to bottom than JavaScript just in general. I mean, that's like a, a, a one little teeny feature of Dart, but like the, a major impact in readability when I've, since I've noticed it. So you asked, uh, what do we want to see in 5, 10, 15 years? I'm mm -hmm. extremely motivated to help the web continue to develop and deliver amazing experiences on mobile devices. And so if anything we can do 
to help developers just naturally and organically continue to pick the web to deliver these really great experiences, mm -hmm. then I'm very happy. And I feel like at this point, we need to give developers who are used to building on native platforms and who have very high expectations and tools and productivity, I need to deliver that to developers when they want to target the web. Yeah, so I think that, that that's definitely a... Uh... Uh, uh, what's the, what's the word? A pretty broad goal, right? And I think that that's that. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a that's a that's a great goal. But uh, how how do you how do you do that? I mean, I, I guess my question is, I'm I'm trying to figure out a good way to word this. But so in the '90s, like you know, JavaScript comes about, and then all of a sudden today, it's ubiquitous and it's everywhere, and you can you know use it in any environment that basically a browser exists in, and, and and now with Node, and in cases of not the browser existing. So like, how does Dart go from where it is now to becoming like a ubiquitous where you can use it anywhere? Well, in the, the the first phase here, it was very important to focus on the, the the web client and making sure that we can do web applications really well. The next step is of of course uh, uh, running on the uh, the front end of the server, so you can use the same programming language, the same libraries uh, in the client, but also on the server side. And uh, with our last release, uh, release we we send out some more I/O code. So you can actually run uh, the, the Dart system on the server side. So it's clear that if you can span from the client uh, to the server, it gives huge advantages to, to the programmers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But again, the, uh, what I, I would like to say that uh, what's important to us is to make sure that we provide a very efficient uh, programming platform. And, uh, of course, it's great to get more users, but making sure that uh, people can innovate faster uh, is, is a clear goal for us. Um, I think uh, that is a different language, and it's certainly not everybody that likes a new language for the web. Uh, but deep down, I think that innovation is what's going to make the web even better. Mm -hmm. So it may be worth it to just talk about what is Dart for a second, because we, we've talked a lot about the language a lot, and, and I'm not sure many people know the full breadth or scope of the platform. So real, real briefly, it is its own language, um, and I'd love to hear Lars talk a little bit about some of the influences of that, but there's also a core set of libraries which I think is really missing from the web platform right now. It's very hard to say, like, what kind of collection facilities do I have? What do I have for dates and times? What do I have mm -hmm. for stopwatches, debugging, uh, you name it? Uh, so Dart ships with a very rich core set of libraries. It also has a package manager. And inside the package manager, you can go get libraries for crypto, ga uh, game drivers, um, image processors, you name it. There's, I think, over 880 packages in our package repo right now. We also ship uh, an editor and plugins for other editors like Sublime and WebStorm and Eclipse. Uh, and then we have, of course, a Dart to JS compiler. And we also have a great static analyzer, which is, uh, mm. speaks to that uh, productivity aspect of Dart, where because Dart is um, uh, static and toolable, I can run programs that tell me where I have warnings and errors before I run the program, and that's such a huge productivity win. So it's, I really think of Dart as a, as a platform on which I can build. 
So it's interesting because we actually had uh, Rob Pike and Andrew Geron on the show to talk about goo. Or goo, well, goo. That's funny. <laughs> talk about go a, a while back, but uh, it, it feels kind of like you are taking the same like approach to Dart as you as they are with Go, and that you know tooling and like productivity is a is a major major part of it. It's not just a language that's you know that that. It's an- it's right. It's not just the syntax that compiles the JavaScript. It's its Correct, own language yeah. with its improved semantics, uh, better developer productivity, and very toolable. But I think the um, there, there are certainly big differences between uh, Go and Dart. Well, yeah. Of uh, one thing I would like to highlight is that we have been very conservative when designing the language. So if you have a background in Java or C Sharp or JavaScript, it should be very easy to uh, start being productive in Dart. I would say in a few hours you can uh, probably understand most of the semantics of of Dart. And uh, that has been a goal from the beginning uh, so that we can easily get programmers to uh, be productive in our system. Yeah. So talking about uh, a little bit about the community of Dart here, the is it similar as go where like it's an open language and that the kind of the whole world can see the changes that are made but you're you're hesitant to accept changes from the outside world as of right now anyway or, uh, on the contrary we want uh, all the changes that we can get so the so everything that relates to dart is out in the open uh, even from day 1 uh, all our changes list go directly to the outside and, mm-hmm. and um, we are getting patches in from uh, from external developers, and we encourage that a lot. It's of we, course we clear. Th- it's clear that uh, for some uh, corner cases of the uh, the advanced compiler, uh, not many people contribute. Uh, but uh, in in more lighter areas, uh, we get a lot of contribution, uh, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to packages and and so on. But uh, on that note, uh, the language itself is now in the ECMA spec mm-hmm. uh, process. In fact, there was some really good news there with the ECMA group. TC52 has been meeting to discuss the Dart language spec itself, and it looks great, and it looks on track. So what does that mean for Dart? When, when, if Dart becomes standardized, what does, that, what does that mean? How does that change the game? It basically means that there's an official process how the language is going to change in the future. So uh, we inside Google cannot just decide um, uh, to change it. And I think that's really important if we want to have other companies or organizations implement another version of uh, the VM. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because then they can join the committee and make sure they have an influence in how the language is going to change in the future. Do you think think that there's... It's Sorry, double, yeah. It's double important too when you're talking about building web languages and things that need to live in the open, like the web ecosystem does. So, uh, I think a lot of developers are just look for that to make sure that they can trust this is something that has legs and longevity. Let's pause the show for just a minute and give a shout out to our sponsors, FreshBooks. You know, we use FreshBooks here at the Change Log, and I gotta, I gotta say, I'm probably logged into FreshBooks five, ten times or more a day. Um, either sending invoices, reviewing invoices, estimates, uh, receipts, expenses, all these different things we're doing. And honestly, it makes our life a breeze. It, it, it makes my life so much easier. And it makes people that work with us, their life so much easier because it's so easy to pay us. It's so easy to, to like collaborate on what's going on um, uh, around these parts of our business. And it's just just love FreshBooks, and and I want you to love FreshBooks too. If you're if you're out there and you're not using FreshBooks, go try it out. Sixty day free trial we're giving away um, to our listeners. 
Uh, if you go to getfreshbooks.com and enter the changelog in How Did You Hear About Us, uh, when you sign up, you'll get access to that 60-day free trial because uh, they support 5x5 and the changelog. But tell me if this sounds like you. We just came to this tax season, and it, your life is probably a bit of a mess if you weren't using FreshBooks. You're digging through invoices. You're going through all your records one by one. It's the worst. No one wants to do that. And that's why there's FreshBooks, okay? It's simple. It's easy. It's a cloud accounting solution that makes not only your taxes easy, but your day-to-day business a breeze. Uh, create professional-looking invoices. Capture and track expenses. Get real-time business reports in just a few clicks. All too easy. The sooner you start using FreshBooks, the sooner you can start focusing on the work you love. Focus on your work, not your paperwork. Again, go to uh, go to this URL, getfreshbooks.com, and enter the change log in the How Did You Hear About Us section, and you'll get access to that 60-day free trial from FreshBooks. Do it now. Do you think that uh, the, the lack of standardization right now has prevented anyone from considering building a VM for Dart other than Google? Uh, we're still early in the process, I would say. Um, mm. But the um, you cannot make a standard out of something that's moving uh, mm. fast. So it's important that you have a basic design of the language and it's fairly stable before you standardize it. Yeah. Um, so you need to be at a certain uh, stage before you can start standardizing. I think we are there now. We haven't changed the language very much since we came out with 1.0 in November. Uh, so this is the right time to do it. And uh, we expect that... Uh, the current spec is will be ratified in in the ECMAT TC52 here uh, this summer. Uh, that's pretty quick, actually. I feel like the, just a few months to, to to have the spec ratified. Well, we started the process um, uh, late last year, so okay, it's half a year. So yeah, so it, it's funny when we talked about. I, I felt like I had heard about Dart much longer. You said the project's only about three years old. Yeah, a good three years. Yeah. So when you say, yeah, I mean, just I, I just remember hearing about Dart, and I guess maybe I've made so many life changes in the last couple of years that it seems like it's been a lot longer. But but that's a pretty quick process in general to to start the language and get to a point now where we're talking about you know like like when you started Dart three years ago, was it something that was an experiment, or or did you did you kind of envision it being this here only three years in the future? Um. Well, I hoped it would be uh, at this uh, point. Uh, so, but when you started, it was not an experiment. Uh, um, like five years ago, um, I did an experiment with Casper that where we spent one quarter do a uh, Dart-like language. We did a VM and a, an implementation just to see how it would work on the web, um, and that looked pretty good. So, uh, three years ago, we got the uh, the go ahead uh, uh, to do it. But it was not an experiment. We really wanted to change how you did uh, web applications, or you could that was an alternative to do web applications. So uh, I think we are on a good track. Three years is not long for a new programming language, mm-hmm. uh, and we're getting good traction. the The interesting part is that people that actually have tried uh, Dart and developed some real code with it, they are fairly happy, and that's what makes me proud. Yeah, I mean, I would encourage anyone to just go to the website, and and you can tell very quickly that this is not, 
it's very different from JavaScript in a lot of senses, but it's very easy to pick up. And you can just kind of, you can tell that, that there's a lot of emphasis put in, like, you know, if you're a web developer, if you've built things for the web right now, it, it's not a huge hurdle to be able to write Dart. And I think that's a major win uh, for you guys, for sure. And uh, just to, to talk about the, the seriousness of the project, uh, we are working re really hard to have a very clear semantics that's documented with a language specification and making sure the implementations we have are conformant. So um, that's what we spend a lot of time on. And also making sure that when we generate uh, uh, JavaScript from Dart, we validate the resulting code it runs in the various modern browsers like Internet Explorer, uh, Firefox, uh, Safari, and Oberon. Mm -hmm. So I want to move on a little bit to the language itself and, and some of the design and the, and the thought behind the language. Do you, do you all have anything else you want to say about just the motivation and, and the theory behind Dart? I'm just super happy being able to write in Dart, so I think it's really <laughs> cool that I get to come to work and work on something that actually makes me happier to build for the web. So that's, I feel like that's a win. Yeah, yeah for sure. So let, let's talk a little bit about the language itself. Um, can you kind of give me some, I don't know, like obviously there, this is hard to summarize in a, in a few you know, sentences because I'm sure a lot of thought went behind this, but, but can you give me some, some of the insight into like the thought behind the language and, and what the process looked like to figure out you know, the syntax of the language and all that? Well, first of all, we have to, um, to say that the only way to get a successful language is to, to include curly braces. So that was the first thing. <laughs> oh, and semicolons. And semicolons, yes. Of course, of course. Um, and then secondly, we, uh, we knew from the beginning that it had to be translated to JavaScript. And that uh, uh, sort of was a challenge because some of the language feature we wanted to have into the language, we could not put in because they would not translate to efficient JavaScript. So the design process was uh, sort of very iterative in, in coming up with a, a feature that matched the language and then implement and see how it would look in, in JavaScript. One thing, uh, uh, or a feature we didn't put in, we wanted to have, but we could not make efficient on top of JavaScript was non-local returns, as you probably know from Smalltalk. Mm -hmm. It's a way to bail out from a recursive uh, algorithm uh, very quickly. But in JavaScript, you could only implement that by throwing an exception, and that was really slow on most implementations. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I found really fascinating when I talked to the co-founders and some of the other VM uh, developers for Dart is the difference in how how VM design impacted the language design. So maybe Lars, like when you you helped build V8 and you you took the JavaScript language, which is very flexible, uh, and but you but you ultimately made it very fast. How did that experience help us design the Dart language so that the implementations can be fast? Well, uh, JavaScript is very flexible. Uh, if you try to access a property that's not there, you'll return an undefined. undefined if, you, yeah. if you set a property that's not there, you'll expand the object with a new uh, property. And so in order to make uh, a V8 fast, uh, we had to design for a sweet spot kind of application. And uh, the problem with that is that if you, from the side, create a new library and you poke at a few objects, suddenly the application would be slow. So one of the design goals of Dart was also to make sure that we had an execution model that would be robust when it came to performance. Right? So you can actually trust that if you had a performant library, it will continue to be robust no matter how you used it. Mm -hmm. Right. So one of the impacts of that is Dart has classes, and the uh, Dart program is declared. 
and then when the um, virtual machine you know scans it and then parses it and then compiles it, that's the structure of the program, and you can know that that is the structure, so the VM can more quickly, more easily, and more efficiently optimize that program. We basically borrowed the 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 optic model from Smalltalk. Mm -hmm. So a uh, very simple optic model where in a class you define the uh, the fields you want to have for the instances, and uh, but you cannot expand it at one time. So fields have to be declared. And the same way if you have a non-growable array and you access a fee, uh, 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 an element outside uh, the range, you'll get an exception instead of expanding the array. So it's more rigid than, than small talk in some sense. On the other mm -hmm. hand, you also you get notified if you do something wrong. Like in JavaScript, if you, do, uh, if, you, if you have a spelling error, what happens is the program continues to run, but it doesn't behave the right way. Mm -hmm. In that, you'll be notified, you try to access something that's not there. So it, we talked a little bit about how flexible JavaScript is, and, and that's a kind of a double-edged sword, right? Like, it's it's neat and it's nice because it allows me to do a lot, but it also makes it very easy for, like, developers to make mistakes. And in a lot of ways, because, well, for a few reasons, I would imagine, right? The first is obviously that uh, in order to compile Dart down to JavaScript, like, it's, it's a lot easier when Dart is more restrictive than JavaScript to be able to compile to JavaScript. And the, and the other way is, it's a lot harder, it seems like, to make mistakes in Dart in the classical way that, that you can make mistakes in JavaScript. Can, is, was, that, was that part of the thought process behind some of the restrictions in Dart? Uh, clearly, because uh, if we want to support programming in the lot, right, it's very important for a programmer that he can uh, write a piece of code and be fairly certain that it will work against the, the other libraries uh, in the project. So certainly having having a tool chain that will check that the way you use the system is valid is important for big programs. So that was part of the uh, design criteria. And also in JavaScript, uh, not only properties uh, for normal um, uh, fields can be added, but you can also change the functionality uh, as you go along at one time. So for instance, if you want to uh, swap two functions uh, in a library of JavaScript, you can do that without uh, mm -hmm. getting notified, but the program doesn't behave the right way. In Dart, we have decided that uh, libraries are declared and classes are declared. That means that when you first stop running, they will stay the same functional uh, from the beginning of the program execution to the end. And that also means that you'll not get um, uh, problems with conflicts uh, in JavaScript, you can have monkey patching. And if uh, two libraries that are monkey patching a, a core object, uh, you can get into a sort of interesting behavior. So uh, one thing I want to bring up, just kind of as another little aside here, you've, you've mentioned, the first thing you mentioned was that uh, obviously it had to have curly braces because, you know, it's impossible <laughs> to have a, a successful language without them. And, and you've talked a lot about the influence Smalltalk Ugh, small talk had on Dart. Uh, one of my coworkers said it, he thinks it's reasonable to describe Dart as small talk with curly braces, totally before this show, in the same way that JavaScript is, you know, scheme with curly braces. Uh, how, how do you feel about that statement? That's a, um, I'm honored if, if that's a statement, because small talk is one of these languages that are very minimal and elegant. Uh, so if, if he thinks we are close to that, uh, I'm very happy. Uh, we, we try to have a very simple execution model. Uh, we think that if you have a simple execution model, it's much easier for the programmer to understand what's going on when he runs the program. For instance, if you go into a debugger and do a single step, we want the people to be fully aware of what's going on. 
Mm-hmm. And by having simple semantics, like you mentioned before, that that variables are staying in the scopes they are declared in, like we have uh, a clean uh, lexical scoping, it's much mm-hmm. easier to understand what's going on in, in, in these cases. Um, and we think this is... Uh, the more comfortable the programmer is with the execution of a program, the more experimentation he does and the more innovation. And I think that makes him a better programmer or her a better programmer. Yeah, it's almost like the flexibility of JavaScript in some ways can prevent you from from being too um, uh, too experimental because you're afraid of what of the un- unknown consequences, right? Like with Dart, you know exactly what you're going to get. Uh, it's very predictable, and so it's it's a little bit easier to like try and experiment without worrying about you know impacting the rest of the large project you're working on. So on the other t- flip side, of, oh, go ahead, Lars. I just uh, one short comment before Seth. Um, so um, I've used uh, many different programming languages, but one, one thing that's interesting with Dart is that I get the same feeling as when I program in Smalltalk in the old days. You want to make the program better. So often you, uh, you write your class and you start experimenting with it, making it smaller and denser and better. Mm-hmm. That feeling as a programmer is very powerful. It makes you uh, make the program look good, and it also makes it more robust going forward. So you, you mentioned experimenting and maybe like features of language make it easier or harder. This is something I think Dart's done pretty well, at least, least for me. And I think it's really critical for a language of the web. That is, when you start a web project, you might have a very small little script, you know, no type annotations, probably just some functions. And then right. you hit reload in your browser and then you see it, you see it pop up right there. You're like, wow, that was really cool. And then you might add another couple of functions and you hit reload. And you're like, wow. And before you know it, you're actually experimenting and trying out the platform and you're building up a mini little app. And Dart allows you to start way at that beginning where you just have some functions and reload, but it helps you grow over time and scale up to when you're actually ready to add some classes. And then you're ready to add maybe a library. And then maybe you're ready to add type annotations. And so from an experimenting point of view, I actually find Dart easier because I can start as early as I want in that kind of scope or scale, but I can keep going and keep going and keep going and I don't sort of collapse under my own weight. Mm-hmm. And also due to that structure of things like classes and libraries and ultimately packages, and interfaces and that, you know, all that great stuff. Um, the experimenting of becomes even easier in the ecosystem because I can build on top of the structure other people build. And so I don't need to put something out into the community and hope it doesn't monkey patch and sort of step over somebody else's stuff. For, so for experimenting, I actually think Dart is really, really productive. Awesome, yeah, true. Let me ask you a question here. I'm just reading through one of your... Uh, FAQs, which by the way, if you are listening to the show and you have any interest in Dart whatsoever, go to the website and just like read through the FAQs and the, and the different things about the language. It's a, it's a, this is one of the best things I think Dart has done. This, <laughs> and it's is, like, our, this is our bullet plate for the show. I think, I mean, this, this, uh, FAQs list. Yeah. Th- I mean, it's incredible reading through this and, and just being able to, uh, to, to easily see kind of the evolution of the language as well as like the, the, the differences. But one of the things that I, I'm looking for and I haven't really been able to find, because these have to exist, right? There, there has to be some sort of gotchas for, for JavaScript developers that are coming to Dart. It can't just be all, you know, like butterflies and flowers. Like there has to be something here that's like, if you typically do uh, uh, this in JavaScript, this will catch you up here. Do you know of any kind of common pitfalls or gotchas that, that JavaScript developers might experience coming to Dart? Well, it's clear that we don't, we don't, we don't have a val. So if, if you are big on 
getting text strings converted into code and executed on the fly, uh, I think it's a problem in Dart because we have decided to make it much more structured for various reasons. Um, so uh, that's certainly uh, something you have to get used to. But other than that, yeah, there doesn't seem to be a bunch, which seems like uh, like a, a pretty awesome thing. But it, 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 you wonder if there is there a catch, you know what I mean? Well, we've run numerous hackathons internally to the company, externally to the company. We had a recent global Dart flight school program, which we ran. And uh, so I've seen it numerous times. People are up and running in Dart in about an hour, and they come from all different backgrounds. And this is one of the reasons I really, uh, really like this project is because it is so approachable. I've seen high school students, um, some of their first programming experience in these hackathons have a web page built. And I've seen people with years and years of Java, years and years of ActionScript, years and years of JavaScript all, all get up and running. So uh, at least in my experience, it's it's very approachable and familiar. And there's not really a lot of those gotchas based on your other <laughs> language because, Java, um, because Dart says, okay, we've learned a lot of great lessons. We're making this a, a familiar, approachable experience. So let me let me ask you that one of the what I believe is probably the best lesson that uh, Dart learned and and I mean wow looking at the kind of the, the implementation here is like querying the DOM and you know uh, anyone anyone who was around before jQuery knows like querying the DOM in JavaScript was an absolute nightmare and then when jQuery came along you're like oh wow I can query it based on these selectors and it's like so much easier and everything makes sense and I look at the Dart you know how Dart queries the DOM there's there's two succinct methods to query the DOM, and that's all you have to worry about. Oh, it gets even better. Uh, what is returned to you are actual iterables. Uh, and so you no longer have like array-like things or arrays. Uh, mm -hmm. Because of that rich core library that we have that you get out of the box with Dart, you've got lists and arrays and sets and maps and iterables. And once you have that core library, then the other libraries, like the HTML library, get to use those as well. So if you know Dart programming, then you know web programming. Hmm. So I don't even know if people are going to be able to function knowing that. I mean, it, when I start building something for the web, like step one is get all your JavaScript requirements. And one <laughs> of those is jQuery. Like how, how are people going to even know how to get started without having to go out and download the, the latest production build of jQuery? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we could, yeah. <laughs> I guess skip that step. I am yeah. not embarrassed that it's too easy. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Lars, uh, we, we, should, yeah, we, we should we should mention again that um, that Dart has a, a very comprehensive basic library that's very cool. We have for asynchronous programming, you have futures and streams, and that's a very consistent way of doing. Asynchronous programming, um, and we have all these collection types that uh, really fit well together. So um, I think if people are used to a programming language where you have a, a, a good set of libraries, like if you come from Java or uh, C Sharp, uh, that is actually very interesting to look at for web programming. And, and because of the fact that, yeah, these futures, which are sort of like promises in a sense in JavaScript, are baked into the core platform, all the other packages out in the Dart ecosystem use all these same core primitives. So there's no more like, which one of these do I use? Just everyone uses futures for the one-shot callbacks and streams for the repeating callbacks. And it just propagates the ecosystem. And it's just another one of those decision points that the community doesn't have to debate and developers don't need to reinvent. So everyone can kind of take a step up in terms of what they get to work on and contribute back. And it's just, it's helped everyone be so much more productive. 
Let's pause the show for just a minute and give a shout out to our sponsors, New Relic. If you've got a web or mobile application, you need to know about New Relic. It's your new best friend, basically. It's your easy-to-use analytics dashboard that basically gives you powerful code-level visibility into the real-time performance of your application. So this means that you can spot bugs, see bottlenecks, and fix problems fast, hopefully before they even affect your users. And thanks to New Relic, you no longer have to ship your app to production and then helplessly wait around, hoping for the best until negative app reviews and tweets start to roll in. Uh, New Relic empowers you to to see what's going on and what's, what is working and what isn't working all in real time. And the way it works is really straightforward. They give you a lightweight agent that you unpackage into your production-level apps. That agent sits around quietly and securely in the background, kind of gathering real-time metrics across geographies, devices, platforms, all the way down to the end-user level, and then displays all that data in real-time graphs so coders can have the visibility they need into the performance of their web applications and make everything awesome. So go and check out New Relic today by visiting newrelic.com slash thechangelog to learn more and use the offer code thechangelog and take advantage of this special 30-day extended free pro trial available exclusively to our listeners. Newrelic.com slash thechangelog. So I think there are like some obvious questions that people will probably have. One of them is... is um, what does Google use Dart on right now that, that, that you can kind of share with us? Sure. Uh, we have an internal sales tool that uh, this, this is a great story. Um, it's sort of, sort of like the Widowmaker project in a sense that they've tried to re- re- rebuild this system a bunch of times. And you know legacy software, right? There's a bunch of decisions right. made. And, um, and they tried to rebuild, rebuild it. And then uh, recently, uh, they, tr- they did a full rewrite in Dart and Angular Dart and delivered the project on time and blew away everyone's expectations. And now that's a successful deployment. We also have other apps like uh, Google Elections has a really neat app to help track elections around the world and numerous other internal tools that we're not quite ready to to share yet. But there's a page on our site called Who Uses Dart that uh, references some internal and a bunch external as well. Awesome. So there are so there are some external. Uh, can you kind of kind of allude to some of those that that without having to go to the site here? Oh sure. So uh, one of my favorite is this company called Soundtrap, and what I really like about them is not only do they use Dart, but they also use some of the really cool new HTML5 features like WebRTC, which is real time collaborative communication, mm-hmm. and some of the media stuff like uh, Get User Media and audio and video. So they built a collaborative music authoring uh, app with Dart and WebRTC. So it's, it's such a cool thing. Uh, another great story is a startup called uh, Blossom. And I like I like their story because they uh, were originally on JavaScript and, uh, let's see, Backbone. And they, over time, uh, gradually, their users didn't even know it, started swapping out some of their components for Dart components. And so that, that was really cool to show that, yes, you can take an existing JavaScript app, and if you like what Dart has to offer, you don't need to rewrite the whole thing. You can do it piecemeal. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't have much to say to that other than the fact that this is obviously something that is going to continue going in that direction. And I think that that's a, that's a good thing. So uh, just to, even though we are from Google, uh, 
our only objective with this project here is to make people more efficient at doing web applications. So everything mm-hmm. is o- open and we are very receptive to, to feedback so we can make it better. So if people are trying it out and they have problems in an area, uh, we would like to hear the feedback so we can make the system uh, solve that problem. One thing I notice here is that Similar to Go, uh, you don't actually see any Google brand on the Dart uh, website. That's obviously a, uh, a, a on purpose, correct? That's right. It's an open source project. It's for the web. The spec itself is in the ECMA process now. Um, it's it's no secret that Googlers work on the project, but like mm-hmm. a lot of other successful projects for the web, it it really is for and of the community. So the, the million-dollar question, and, and we kind of talked about this a little bit before, um, but, but how do you know that you've, uh, for lack of a better term, how do you know that you've won with Dart? Like, w- w- when do you feel like, okay, you've gotten to a point where Dart is, is here to stay? When every developer is building for the modern web <laughs> on mobile devices, <laughs> and uh, I don't think we can get there without something toolable and productive like Dart. So, um, yeah, that's a good answer. But it's the, um, <laughs> so it bottoms out to that uh, we will continue to innovate to make sure the web, uh, the web platform gets better and better over time. Uh, getting success with a programming language is, is hard because people have to like it. They have to like the feel of it when they type in the code. Uh, at this point, it looks really good. The projects we've seen working uh, working with Dart, they like it, and it's mm-hmm. growing right now. The community, both inside uh, our company and also outside. So we have been around. Uh, we've been working on this for three years. Success uh, uh, is coming. I think it looks pretty good. If we have the same uh, growth over the next two years, uh, I would be really, really happy. Because mm-hmm. just having the competition going means that even uh, other web programming languages, they will, might learn something from what we did in Dart, and that will lift the whole industry, hopefully. So it's certainly an idea that we can, we can make everything better, not only the Dart yeah. system. Yeah, you, you get the feeling that, that one of the goals of Dart is not just to like catch up and be where web programming is now, but, but one of the goals of Dart is to move web development forward. And I think that's a, that's a pretty good, ambi- you know, ambitious, but, but also one that's necessary here. I don't know if we should go back and talk about V8, uh, but that's a, sort of the same with the V8 project. Uh, when we started out, uh, there was not a lot of uh, JavaScript code being executed because it was very slow. Mm-hmm. And, and you basically have to have... Look into the future and figure out what do people want in the future when it comes to uh, executing JavaScript. And uh, we decided that the more speed you have, the more innovation the application developers uh, would go for. And uh, mm-hmm. that's also what happened. And in the process, uh, all the other browsers got fast uh, uh, JavaScript engines uh, as well. And I think that's great. Yeah. That's that's one of the things about um, I don't know about JavaScript about the current state of browsers right now is you'll see these ships of browsers and it'll be like you know some JavaScript uh, efficiency some some performance increase but but that kind of almost feels like it's plateauing to a to a degree where like the the major like you said the the, the benefits you got when like V8 started coming and, and things like that were like were, were much bigger gains than the ones you're seeing right now. Um, 
does Dart follow that same trend or, or, you know, obviously Dart is young, so there's a lot of performance increase to come in the future, but, but you're not plateauing now or the, are from ship to ship. Are they, are they major efficiency increases that you're seeing? Dart is getting faster and faster with each, each release uh, we're mm-hmm. doing and uh, we are focusing on it and uh, uh, because Dart is more structured than, uh, than as we mentioned, with JavaScript, uh, you would see that over time that uh, Dart will get the same kind of performance as, uh, as Java, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for if you're doing a hardcore um, a double computation. Uh, yeah. But that's not our goal. But for mm-hmm. o- ordinary uh, object-oriented programs, we should approach that kind of speed. So um, we're aiming high, uh, but you'll see performance improvements over at least the next few years. Uh, yeah. No, no plateauing in sight. Yeah. You heard it here first. We're going to have a, a, a web development that is as fast as system programming. <laughs> That's a good thing. So, so speaking about performance, the, the last release we had, 1.3, really focused on server-side performance. One of the questions we get all the time is, is there a node for Dart? I think developers like what they see, but they know they have to write some server code and client code. And so they want to mm-hmm. know, can they do Dart on the server? And so the answer is a resounding definitely. Uh, we The virtual machine runs on the command line, uh, just like you know Ruby or Python or, or, or V8. And you can get access to files and directories, sockets, there's a built-in web server, built-in web sockets, SSL, and we've recently turned our performance attention over to the server-side story as well. So it, the story is looking really good. Awesome. Oh so, yeah. We, we, since it's a language project, we also have to say that our internal tools are mostly written in Dart. So the Dart to JS compiler is of course written in Dart, and also the analyzer. Nice. So for people that are just getting started, what's the what's the recommended way to to to, to do just that to get started with Dart? On the website, uh, there is a one-hour code lab uh, called Try Dart, and uh, you build up your pirate name. Um, but it's really great. It, it walks <laughs> you through the features of the the language. It walks you through some web programming, and yeah, in just about an hour, you're gonna have a, a working Dart app. So the the website is dartlang.org. Okay. Awesome. I think obviously, I mean, it's an entire ecosystem. It's not just a language. We could sit here and and talk about it for for a long time. And and I would love to to do just that. But we try and keep the show down to about an hour. So I I have a feeling that this is going to be one that we're going to want to have another show on in the future to see where it goes. but but for now, I want to give you guys an opportunity. Anything else that you want to kind of to mention about Dart for for the people to hear before we move on? Well, the uh, we hope that people try it out and give us their opinion, and and hopefully it's a good one. Um, that's pretty much it. We'll continue to work hard on making it better <laughs> over time. Um, so that's pretty much it. I think it's uh, it's very hard to convince people to use uh, another language uh, <laughs> over the radio. Uh, mm-hmm. People have to try it out and have to feel the programmers to figure out if it's something they can be productive in. So it's a very personal uh, kind of decision. What's the recommended way to, to give feedback? Is it through the uh, the mailing list or? You can file file an issue uh, on the issue tracker, or you can send an email to to the mailing list. Okay. Be answered. I'd love awesome. to ask uh, all developers who are interested in Dart to go check out pub.dartlang.org. That's our hosting site for packages, and you'll find uh, tons of great stuff in there from the community. Um, 
And when, when you're building for the web, don't forget that uh, the trends are very clear, that everyone's moving to mobile. I know I sound like a broken record here, but <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if I have to tell anyone anything, it's um, develop and test on mobile phones and tablets for your great web stuff, because that's where your users are, and, and we think uh, Dart can help you do that. Awesome. So, okay, great. So we, we ask our, uh, our guests the same uh, set of questions at the end of every show, and I want to go ahead and ask you all these questions. So I'll ask Lars first, and, and you kind of both answered this first one already, but in, in just in case there's anything else, uh, do, do you have like a call to arms for the community? Um, yes, my call to arms is that innovation is important, and programmers have to be flexible and try out new stuff to see if they're more efficient using a different platform than they used in the past. So try out Dart and, and uh, see if it's more efficient. And Seth, anything from you other than uh, building mobile stuff? I'll be really specific <laughs> about it. In DevTools, you can turn on mobile emulation. So my call to arms is when you develop on your desktop and you're, you're in Chrome or DevTools, turn on mobile emulation and just always live with that, uh, that little window there. Gotcha. <laughs> the second question here is, um, if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? And I'll ask you first, Seth. Uh, probably doing something around education or teaching. I'm, I'm really inspired by the, uh, the MOOC, the, the online classes and courseware stuff. And so, I don't know, mm -hmm. I, think, I think that'd be pretty interesting. Gotcha. And for you, Lars? Oh, I need more spare time. I, um, I would travel the world uh, on a bike. Um, well, you can't only travel part of the world on a bike. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, You've got to get on a plane at some point or a boat. That, that, that is true, but uh, <laughs> ha half a year on a bike would be great for me. Uh, but I always have, so uh, I've tried it before and it never works. So uh, I would say if I don't do that, I would probably do another language or VM project. Uh, nice. And Lars, um, for a programmer hero or, or just somebody that's been hugely influential in your life? Oh, I have to mention my old professor, Ole Lehmann Massen. Uh, he was the uh, co-designer of the beta programming language, a successor mm -hmm. to Simula 67, if you remember that. Uh, he's been very inspirational in pushing me to do languages and, and virtual machine implementation all the way back in the uh, mid-'80s. So that's, he's probably the main reason why I'm... Um, doing it still that's awesome and seth i i gotta say uh neil degrasse tyson a scientist and educator is just really inspiring to me because that's someone who clearly knows what he's doing and talking about but is so passionate and inspirational with how he delivers that stuff to to the world so i, I really enjoy watching him i've actually been waiting for the day for somebody to mention him as their hero because he's he's uh he's been a personal hero for many that i've known and he's with the new show recently, obviously it's really good. So people are really enjoying his method of teaching kind of comes from his own predecessor too. Yep. Nobody said anything to that. Nope. <laughs> no love for Adam. <laughs> no love for Adam. <laughs> I've been listening to this show. I mean, this is one of those shows where I wanted to kind of jump in, but I feel like I don't add a ton. I, I wanted to kind of dig in a bit more about the pub package manager, but uh, we can save that for a different show. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, so anything else you guys want to mention here before we go ahead and close out the show? Uh, just uh, thanks for inviting us. Um, we need to, to get everybody to listen in on what that is all about. So um, yeah. we are just happy to be here. Yeah, yeah I really appreciate wanna... the opportunity. I remember uh, 
the changelog is always one of those po podcasts that is on the top of my queue and for a long time now. So it's it's kind of an honor to be on the show. So thanks. Well, it's an honor to have you guys. So, yeah. so I just wanted to. Absolutely. Yeah. So I wanted to once again just say thanks to Lars and Seth for joining us on today's show. Like like we kind of kind of alluded to, uh, uh, Dart is a is a big project, and um, it's it's hard to to do any project the size of Dart you know, justice in a 45 minute to an hour radio show. Uh, so I just want to encourage, just like they were saying, to encourage anyone, if you're interested in this whatsoever, just head over to the website. It's It speaks for itself and it's something that uh, you can just start hacking on in your own time and, and really, I mean, I, just with the small amount of time I've spent on it just to kind of learn it and stuff, it's been a uh, it's been a pleasant experience, something worth checking out, worth hacking on. I think it's... Uh, definitely something we will want to cons consider uh, talking about more on this show in the future but uh, once again I just wanted to say thanks a bunch for joining us and and that's it for this week uh, just for the listeners if you have not subscribed to the changelog weekly it is our weekly email where we share everything that hits our open source radar you can subscribe at thechangelog.com slash weekly and um, we will be back next week. I don't think we know the uh, guest yet, Adam. So we will save that as a yeah, super the, the guest secret is still surprise. Pending. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So until next week, though, let's say goodbye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. you.